Hi, I'm Katie Kempner, and welcome to Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And I am very excited today to have my friend who really is a remarkable woman. I have been hoping for years she would come and talk with me officially for Perspectives, Dr. Leslie Bauman. Leslie, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, and it's so fun to be on your show. You know, I've seen you do all these great live panels and, and interviewing all these wonderful women, and I'm so flattered to get to be one of them. Well, thank you. So let's just dive right in, but I guess it would be crazy if I didn't start by saying, how's the quarantine treating you, or shelter at home, I should say? Well, it's very odd. I'm home with an 18-year-old senior in high school who's pretty bummed that he's not going to get to have his prom and graduation, and he can't visit colleges. He has to say yes to somewhere without even seeing it. And my 21-year-old who's in college at Boulder who's home and complaining the whole time. So who knew that I, th- <laughs> I thought I was an empty nester, and I guess I guess I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how that it's funny how that didn't happen for me for too long. Nothing to do with sheltering at home. Like, psych. <laughs> now, what are what are some of the things you've been doing while I see I see on Instagram you've been exercising a lot, but what else have you been doing? Well, the first thing I did was give myself a schedule so I wouldn't go crazy. So I'm a morning person. I get up really early in the morning and I try to walk four miles. And then I do all my work online. My entire team is working from home. I have three different businesses. Uh, One of them is a medical practice where they furloughed everyone, unfortunately. One's a research business, so I'm seeing those patients virtually. And one is a software business, and those people are all working from home. So we have scheduled meetings, and then I um, I work on a lot of presentations and lectures, and I read a ton. So in some ways, I'm enjoying this. I love to cook, and I love to read, and um, I've been doing a lot of that. So let's jump right in then and talk about all these different businesses that you have, because for many people, when I say, when I say over the years that my friend, that you're my friend, they know you from reading about you and reading reading about you in magazines and hearing you quoted or seeing you on TV as a very, very well-known cosmetic dermatologist. So what if we start by talking about um, what you do as a doctor and then sort of how that blossomed into your other businesses? Okay. So in, I finished my residency in 1997 and I joined the University of Miami And back then, Botox wasn't even out. It wasn't approved by the FDA. Some people were using it off-label, but most people didn't use it and hadn't heard of it. So my university wanted to be the first university to have a cosmetic dermatology division. So my boss came to me when I graduated and said, I want you to be in my department and do cosmetic dermatology. And I said, "Um, what do you mean all there is is chemical peels and leg veins? And he said, no, I heard about this thing called Botox, and I think it might be important, and I want University of Miami to be a leader. 
So I did one of the smartest business things I've ever done is I said, well, I'll do it, but I want to be the director of the division of cosmetic dermatology and have my own financial unit and be in charge of it. And he laughed in my face and said, you know, you're going to be the director of yourself. And I said, I know in the beginning I will, but I'm going to grow it. And then when we left the university in 2009, we had about 20 people. So it was amazing. But we did back then, because we were the only university, we did the original trials that got Botox approved by the FDA. And then that led to me doing all the toxin trials and all the filler trials and most of the laser and light trials. So any cosmetic procedures you've heard of, we probably did the trials on that. And what's so great about that is I get to use everything four years before everybody else. So by the time it comes out, I know if it's good or not. And then I train all the other doctors on how to do it. So what if people don't know that much about, because you wrote the textbook that doctors use, if people don't know that much about Botox, a lot of people, well, knowing that I do it, say, you know, well, ask me about it or what, what, what is it dangerous? Is it not dangerous? Well, it has the unfortunate, for all those marketing people out there, <laughs> imagine the unfortunate <laughs> brand of the word toxin in your name. That is not helpful. So, but it is actually very safe. There's five different toxins on the market. They're all botulinum toxin type A, and um, they all work the same way. And we understand them very well because in the trials, we do EKGs, we follow your blood tests, we follow people for years. And so we know more about all the botulinum toxins than we know about supplements and a lot of the things that people do all the time. So it's very, very studied. And what it does is um, in order for your muscles to contract, there's a, a, a key that opens a lock is how I like to explain it. It's a receptor, but it's like a key that opens a lock and that allows the muscle to contract. And what all the botulinum toxins do is they break the key. So you inject it, it breaks the key, and it takes your body four to six months to make the key again. So it's not hanging around in your body and building up and doing all that. And um, so that's why it's safe. But I, I have the funniest stories because of the name. Like once I had a patient call me and she was getting a detox pedicure and she wanted to make sure the pedicure wasn't going to suck all her Botox out. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So that's why I like to make From her toes? <laughs> yeah. From her toes. So it doesn't build up in your body and hang around and wait to be sucked out in a Botox, in a to uh, anti-tox pedicure, you know? But basically, that's what it does is it just breaks that protein. And so we know a lot about how it works. And there's, like I said, four on the market. The fifth one will probably get FDA approved this summer. And they're all type A. So if you can't, if one doesn't work on you, none of them will work on you. And the companies try to tell you one's better than the other. But I've done all the trials. They all work identically. So who's the best candidate for, for Botox? And for fillers in general, actually. Let's talk about that, too. Okay, well, people wait too late to get things done. So if you already have a lot of lines at rest um, when you're not moving, I can do a lot for that, but I would rather catch you in your early 20s or 30s if possible and relax those muscles before they make the lines. So I started doing Botox and things like that as a patient when I was 28, 29, and now I'm 52, and I don't have any lines even when it wears off because I never really allow myself to get those lines. So we call that prejuvenation. So my advice to people is just go in now and see what you can do to prevent because it's much more effective and also cheaper long-term if you do it before you really need it. Like, Katie, I've known you a long time. You've been wearing sunscreen for years. Your skin looks amazing because you took care of it and you prevented aging. 
And because you're my friend and doctor. So <laughs> I lucked out. You'd be in trouble if you were sunburned. <laughs> no, 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 definitely no sunburn. So it's interesting with, with um, fillers and Botox and different things that people are doing now, especially for working women, because women are staying in the workplace longer and they're looking younger. You know, there isn't the same... You really can't tell a lot of times how old somebody is and people want to look better. So I think is there, there's a lot more um, interest for women, working women, to do some of these things, I think, than maybe in other sectors, than entertainment and stuff like that where people are trying to look terrific as well. Right, and men too. And and the thing is, dermal fillers, most of them are made out of hyaluronic acid, which is, again, an acid is an unfortunate marketing name. It's really a sugar that is natural in your skin, and when you get older, you lose it and you lose volume. So you, we're just replacing a natural sugar in your skin, and studies show that that prevents aging too. It turns on your cells and makes them make all these good, important things like collagen. So the biggest question I get about fillers is people are worried about looking fake. So I try to make sure they understand it's the doctor that's the problem in that situation, not the filler itself. So, you know, you can hand anybody a canvas and a paintbrush and some people are going to be great painters and some people are not. And it's the same way with Botox and fillers and other injectables is you have to be very artistic. So you have to have the science of knowing where all the arteries and veins and nerves are. And you have to have the science side. I mean, I'm sorry, the art side. And it's mm -hmm. unusual for people to be right and left brained like that. Well, that's interesting. So one, in addition to or one of the things I should say that you are best known for is the skin type solution, which I'll let you explain what it is because it's so interesting. I, I'm, I was trying to remember what I was, but I already have the products you've told me to get. But can you talk a little bit about it, both what it is and then also from a business side, how it's helped, you know, grow your presence? Okay, so I have um, always loved skincare. I've always loved the history of the skincare industry. So patients would come, and I write a column in a dermatology newspaper for the last 20 years, every month on a different ingredient, plus all my textbooks about skincare and, and things like that. So people have come from all over the world to see me about skincare. And in 2005, I was at the University of Miami, and I just couldn't handle the volume of all those patients, and they wouldn't let me hire new people. So I had to figure out a way to get my staff to be able to help me do skincare res uh, recommendations. So I had a mentor, and he told me that you should spend an hour a week of thinking time. So one week, I was sitting there, and I decided, okay, I'm going to do my hour a week of thinking time, and I'm thinking about the problems, and how am I going to make my clinic faster, and what? how can I get other people to give the same good skincare advice that I do? And so I'm thinking I need to categorize them. That would make it easier. And I look over and my Myers-Briggs personality test book is sitting right there. And I, it hits me, wow, there are four main things I have to worry about. You mix those into 16, just like the Myers-Briggs. So um, I actually had a friend who um, wrote the South Beach Diet and talked to him and said, uh, well, first of all, I started using it in my office and I had to make, it made 16 skin types and I had to make 16 different information sheets for my patients. So then I talked to my friend and asked who his book agent was because I realized I was already having to write all this stuff anyway. I should put it together in a book and that would make it easier. 
And it just, it was amazing because the book ended up being a New York Times bestseller and it really was written to make my practice more efficient. It wasn't, I, it originally wasn't even a consumer book. So that was 2005 and um, then it led to a PBS show in 2010. And what it is, is it divides, you take a questionnaire that I spent years validating scientifically to make sure it really worked. And you take a questionnaire, you find out your skin type. And then there's 16 different ones. So once you know which one yours is, a, gen a regimen is generated. And then you know exactly what products to use. And it's good in research because we can track people easier. So then um, in 2013, doctors, more and more doctors wanted to use it in their practice because it's in all of the major textbooks now. And they learn it in school. So I developed software that they can use in their practices. And now we have 200 doctors in the U.S. using the software to make skincare recommendations. And that's why I'm so busy right now because they're all going to telemedicine and they're needing to use the software in their telemedicine consults. So um, we have uh, doctors across the country doing online consults using my system right now. That's amazing. And there's products that go with your system too, right? Right. So what I'm, I'm not a skincare line. I'm what I call brand agnostic. So I test the products individually and separately from the brands. And then we figure out which ones mix together the best. So the, there's two levels of customization. The first level is the doctor can pick what brands they want to sell in their practice. And that can depend on where they live, like what their geography is, if it's dry or humid, and brands, like they might want more expensive brands or cheaper brands. They, they know their patient population better. So the doctors choose what brands they want to sell, and then the regimens are generated using those brands. And then when the doctor's there with the patient, they can customize it and adjust it as well. So because of that, there's over 40,000 different regimens that can get generated by the software. And we handle all their online store for them so that they don't have to carry inventory and they can ship out. We, we ship out the products for them. So um, we have over 300,000 people who have taken the quiz. And, um, you know, every day there's people all around the country that are taking the quiz in their doctor's offices. So when COVID happened, we had to help the doctors take the system that they were using in their offices and figure out how to use it online. So can you take this this same test just not through a doctor? Can you do it online or do you need to do it at your at your dermatologist's office? Well, you're supposed to either go to your dermatologist's office and they have to be somebody who's part of our system or um, make a virtual consult with them. But right now that you can do my doctor's code, which is STSMD for skin type solutions and medical doctor. STSMD is a code you can use on the skintypesolutions.com website and go take the quiz. We're letting um, my friends and my patients, because a lot of people are calling me, do that during this time. Oh, that's great. Okay, that's good to know for anyone that wants to see what their skin type is and figure out a good regimen. What do you think about these tele... What, what is it called when you're, when you're having an appointment with a doctor online? You said it before, telemedicine? Telemedicine, I think it's great. But what's interesting when you're a dermatologist is the camera can't see the skin as well as the naked eye can. So um, I, it's, I'm so happy that I spent years validating my questionnaire, and I know it works better even than seeing somebody's skin. So even if the doctor can't see somebody on FaceTime that well or through their software that well, if they use my questionnaire, they'll get an accurate diagnosis on what the skin type is. And that's one of the reasons it's so popular right now is the doctors don't have to worry if, they, you know, if they're missing something because the quiz picks everything up. 
Oh, that's that's so cool. So let's let's talk a little bit about products. You know, I remember one time we were talking years ago, and I was so proud of myself because I had bought a little thing of creme la mer, and <laughs> and you said, but you know that that's not even right for your skin. <laughs> what what's the difference? Are these much more expensive brands automatically better or not better? Or how do people figure out what to use? Well, it really depends on your skin type um, because it's all about what your underlying skin issues are and then what ingredients will treat those issues the best and then what order those ingredients need to go on, which is how the regimen is designed. So I can't say across the board that expensive is always better or that cheap is always better. It really depends. So, for example, if you need vitamin C because you have aging or you have some pigmentation in your skin and you don't have a lot of sensitivity. Um, so if you're a skin type that needs vitamin C, well, then the more expensive vitamin Cs are a lot better because of the way they're formulated to penetrate better. So a brand like SkinCeuticals makes the best vitamin C. But that vitamin C might not be right for you. You might need um, some like a retinol ingredient. So a lot, a lot of times when you get your regimens from us, there's going to be a smattering of different brands. We cherry pick the best products from all the various brands and then put those together in the proper order. So because each product affects the product that comes before and after it. Mm -hmm. So that way it's like layering layers of a cake almost of different products. So you may end up with five different brands of products. Is there one product though, and maybe this isn't the case because there's so many different kinds of skin situations, but is there one overall product that you think is just great for everybody? Well, everybody needs a sunscreen every day of an SPF of at least 15, and I'd rather see people wear a tinted sunscreen than a facial foundation or a moisturizer with sunscreen. The facial makeups and powders with sunscreen are not strong enough. So always, you know, that's my disclaimer. Everyone should wear sunscreen every day, no matter where you live. Um, the second one would be something like a retinol. Um, and retinol, come, a lot of there's many different retinol brands, but retinol breaks down in the light, so you want to make sure it's in an airless pump. There's um, When we give you your regimen, we can tell you all the different brands that are great. So those are really important. But then most people who are dry love this brand called Zerafite. It's Z-E-R-A-F-I-T-E. It has a turquoise blue lid. Have you ever tried that one? I love that yeah. moisture. I use it. I have it. I have it here in my house that I never leave my house. <laughs> no, yes, so I love that. It comes from the word xerophyte, which is the species that a cactus is in, spelled with an X. So xerophyte is like uh, how how cactuses hold water into their skin and they don't dehydrate in a dry environment. So the xerophyte cleansers are very creamy, and the eye cream is really hydrating and gets rid of little dry lines. And there's a moisturizer for redness for people who have sensitive skin. There's a regular moisturizer, and they have a body cream. And I love the body cream for my hair, actually, because I have really curly, frizzy hair, and I put a little bit of that in the ends, and it keeps it from frizzing out. So almost everybody needs a moisturizer, but if somebody has super oily skin, uh, that's not the right product for them. And what about vitamins? Should people take vitamins for hair and nails, or if you're eating correctly, then you have it covered? For hair and nails, you should, if you're trying to grow your hair longer or make it thicker, and most of us are, um, I actually take Viviscal and Nutrafol both. They're competing brands, but I, I'm always trying to get my hair to grow, so I take both. It's hard to get enough of those vitamins for your hair, and folic acid and biotin don't really help your nails like everybody thinks. Um, they 
they help the nails a little bit, not really the hair. <clears throat> so a lot of people would take that and when they come in and we change them over to the Viviscal and the Nutrafol. Um, other vitamins is you definitely should have a chewable vitamin C every day. You don't need anything expensive, just those ones you get at the pharmacy. And that helps your immune system, but it also helps you build collagen. And collagen is really the structure of your skin that keeps it from aging. So the more vitamin C you get, the less you'll age. Well, that's good to know. All right, I'm 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 going to take one. Um, so let's change... Uh, gears a little bit. You said something when we were were starting on this track of talking about skin type solution, about taking an hour a week to think. And I've heard different amounts of time, but I've heard that from many successful women that they take a chunk of time once a week or twice a week and just think. What does that mean for you? Well, I always joke that since that one hour of coming up with a skin typing system, I haven't had another hour to think. <laughs> it turned into a whole business. But no, um, what I did is I looked at my schedule and my energy levels and how I function. And I know that between the morning and noon, I get the most done. And so I try – and Mondays I'm always um, kind of a control freak trying to make everything happen at once on a Monday. So I schedule all my busy work that needs me to think, like writing a book chapter or reading some science, all the hard stuff. I do in the mornings on Monday. And then as the week progresses, I have the easier and easier stuff. So by Friday morning, I have more of the social activities or work on my social media or do something with graphics so I have my, um, and then in there somewhere, I like my hour of thinking time to be on Wednesday because it's kind of in the middle of all that. I don't, Mondays I'm too hyper to just sit down and think and Fridays I'm too lazy to sit down and think. So Wednesday is really the best time for me. But everybody should kind of chart out their rhythms and how they are. And I'm one of those people that I schedule every second of my life. And I even schedule in my calendar, people make fun of me, but in my calendar I have scheduled spontaneous time. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but I know what time of the day I'm going to feel spontaneous. And so I just put it in my calendar. <laughs> what? You know when you're going to feel spontaneous. What What does the word spontaneous mean to you? It, so it, it means I can do whatever I want during those two hours. <laughs> All right. That, that makes sense. And because I'm so scheduled that, you know, otherwise I would never have time just to kind of wing it and see what I feel like doing. And this whole COVID thing is like, it feels like days and days of spontaneous time. <laughs> That's so, having known you for so long, that that is really funny. But one of the things, I mean, now I guess I know it's you're highly, highly scheduled, but you're always you're always thinking ahead and coming up with new things and figuring out a way. I mean, many people would have said, okay, here I have this big practice and I'm very well-known doctor. And that would have, you know, they wouldn't have thought to be able to take it in all these levels, you know, starting a, a huge uh, practice with a research arm and the skin type solution. And you're always going, going in such an impressive way. What, what motivates you? I don't know. You know, I just wake up with these ideas and I want to do them. And I'm one of those people that I love to plant seeds and watch them grow, literally in the garden and also in business. 
And um, after they start to grow, I like to hand them off to somebody on my team and then go plant different ones. I'm just, I think it's, I like variety and I like mental stimulation. And I think that's what it is. I think it's just a desire for, to do something different. So it's nice. So I'm very diversified and my, my time is diversified and my businesses are diversified just because I have so many different interests. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're a real inspiration to so many people. So I have a question. In terms of this shelter-at-home period of time, there's so much ang- people are feeling so much anxiety. They, you know, there's so much uncertainty. What are some of the things from a beauty-slash-relaxation point of view that you could recommend people to do now to try to make themselves feel a little bit more normal, if that's the right word, or pampered? Um, well, I'm thinking about it. It's a good time to hide out because nobody's seeing you. So you can do all those things that people worry about the downtime. So if you're not on retinol or something in the retin-A family, it's a great time to start because when you start out, you get red and peel. What I'm doing and what a lot of my dermatology friends are doing is we're putting on the highest strength retinoids that we can, really thick layer, and it's like a mask, and then the next four days you peel, and then you do it again, and I'm doing my arms and my legs and everything, and it really gives you great anti-aging, so when all of this is over, that will look great, but in the meantime, you look kind of peely and kind of red, and you know, you look like you have dandruff of your eyebrows, so it's a really good time (laughs) to do it right now. Okay, well, that's and it, is that the kind of um, product that oh, you can only get through a doctor? No, well, you can do over the counter. Also, my favorite brand. If if they're going to do this, they're going to need the code STSMD at the store SkinTypeSolutions.com. But it's called Asopi E S S O P I Asopi. It stands for actually S O P, like Standard Operating Practices, and it's the stuff you have to do for your skin. Asopi makes different strengths of retinol. There's a 2X, a 5X, and a 10X. So you could buy the 10X soapy, do that. You put it on once really thick and wait four days and you'll peel. Um, And so instead of, back to your question, instead of doing things to feel glamorous right now, I think this is the time to do the things that are the opposite of that, where you don't feel glamorous, but um, like putting oil in your hair at night, like a little argan oil in the ends and things like that when no one sees you. So when, at least when I come out of all this, I'm hoping my hair is longer and thicker and my eyelashes are longer because they're having a chance to grow without my eyelash extensions (laughs) and (laughs) all those non-glamorous things that sometimes we have to get through to look good afterwards. Yeah, I was looking, I was asking my daughter, Lexi, because my eyelash extensions are all out too. I I was saying, is this what my eyelashes normally look like or have I ruined my eyelash? I can't remember. They seem so short, but I got used to having long, glamorous lashes. Yeah, well, they break off and they get thinner from carrying the weight of the extensions. This is a good time to just let them grow and, and get strong. So when we can get our extensions again, they should be able to hold, you know, more of them. So that will be good. So there's that. So so just right. just to, to sum up, I'd love to finish by asking you, is there one piece of advice that has helped you through your life and your career that you could share with us? The best piece of advice someone ever has given me is you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. 
and you need to realize that. So like right now, we can have a chance to read and uh, talk to our friends and play around on TikTok and social media that we normally might not be able to do because we're busy at the office, for example. Um, or there's other times where all I do is work and I have no downtime at all. Um, but in between those two things, I have everything. I have time to read and I have this workaholic side of me. So take advantage of this time that you have to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do because life gets in the way and try to enjoy it and try not to watch the news too much. And, uh, and I like to think of it as a present, like a guilt-free vacation that I was given by the universe that <laughs> I really needed and I uh, didn't even realize. And then we'll all have more strength to get back to work. And well, sometimes when you free up your mind, you come up with these great ideas. So um, if you just take this as kind of a gift instead of fretting about it, I think that would be good. But it all comes back to that advice of you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Yes, I think that that's great. I think that's great advice. Well, Leslie, this has been so much fun and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. Thank you. And boy, am I glad it's a podcast instead of video because I'm glad <laughs> no, one can see, no one can see my roots and my eyelashes right now. Thank you so much, Katie.